Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. And Andrews swings and that's a high fly ball. Left center and deep, and it is gone! The 19th home run of the year for Billy Andrews! And this game is tied at three! And the 2-1 pitch. Max swings and hits one well to left. That pushes Merrilla back. He's to the track. He's to the wall. It is gone. Max Anderson, a three-run homer to left field. And Nebraska is back out in front, 6-4. to four. Two-ball pitch. And Gray swings and lifts it. Deep left field. All the way back. Minute, and it is gone. A towering home run over the scoreboard and left. And the Huskers take the lead. 1-1 to Griffin Everett. Sims pitch. Shot down the first baseline, and that is a fair ball. Scoring is Efry. Rounding third is Chick. He's going to score. Headed to third and being held at third is Anglem. It's a two-run double from Griffin Everett, and the Huskers increase their lead to 11-5. Felder swings and lines it back up the middle. Base hit to center. Andrews scores. Huskers win. Huskers win. Huskers win. Huskers win. Five to four. Here are your hosts. Greg Sharp and Jessica Cootie on the Huskers Radio Network. Thank you. Welcome to our Sports Alley show here on a Tuesday night. We got a great two hours lined up for you tonight. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to talk about the new movie that's coming out this weekend called Day by Day. It's going to focus on Husker football from 1993 to 1997. What a wonderful year for uh, Tom Osborne's Husker team. The producer of that movie, Justin LaPera, is going to join us. Can't wait to talk to him. Hour one, though, we're going to talk NIL, name, image, likeness, and the expert on that here at the university, Jamie Vaughn, who is the executive associate athletic director in charge of compliance for Nebraska, is going to be with us for an entire hour. Thank you, first of all, for just carving out an hour to come spend the night here with Jessica and me. Absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the time. We're, we are deli- I, I can't wait for this because I need, to, I need to educate myself more on this that started <laughs> last July the 1st. So just let's, let's start with this. A simple explanation of what name, image, likeness is for the folks out there listening. Sure. I mean, so basically, historically, college athletes were not able to be paid for the use of their name or their pictures or appearing at an event. So... The, the way that they would get out in the community would be through like our life skills program as an example, but they couldn't be paid for that. It was voluntary activity. Um, and what changed was their ability to finally monetize uh, and, and, and have the opportunity to be paid to show up and do a speak, speaking appearance, uh, promote a company. Uh, you, you've seen examples with our own student athletes this past year. They may partnership, you know, partner with a business. Um, it just gave them the ability to, to basically have a new type of job that they were able, never able to have before. How would you describe the last year since <laughs> July 1st? Yeah, I described it the other day as almost like dog years. So <laughs> ten, ten, year, you know, 10 years uh, is what 10 months has felt like mm-hmm. for us. Um, it's been a, a time period where there's constant change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, it's, it's actually an everyday thing. We're constantly monitoring what's going on around the country, what's going on here locally, uh, what kind of feedback are we hearing from our peers, uh, the conference office, and it's just been something new and different 
all where, the time. Where do you monitor that? Like, where do you go to find all that information? Uh, obviously, we're all on social media. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not an expert in that area, <laughs> but we have some people in our office, Jonathan Bateman, who works very closely with me on, on this particular to- topic, uh, is very in tune, and, and several of my staff members are more adept at uh, monitoring social media, so they do that. Um, and then we, the internet, uh, we have phone calls, meetings with the Big Ten. Because, I mean, the information is coming constantly. It's all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we, we also subscribe to a few different um, things that allow us to get. And the, there's the D1 ticker is an example where we get daily headlines. And NIL is a, its own thing every day. On, on how the, have you gone about just educating athletes? And how much are they reaching out to you or members of your staff to get yeah. some advice on this whole thing? It's, it, it's evolved. Uh, at first, we were telling them about it, telling them what the rules were, what the guidelines were. Um, and, but we also, you know, a, as a department, had a concerted effort at the beginning. Uh, when all of this began, um, we had programming already scheduled to be in place through our life skills program. Uh, we have a partnership with the business school um, and so we've had guest speakers come in. We've had guest speakers from the law college come over uh, and, and talk about a variety of topics. So uh, we had programming in place. We still have it in place. Um, but as, it, as it's evolved and grown and opportunities have presented themselves, the student athletes are now coming to us more uh, with questions. When did you, um, I guess, can you take us back to maybe when, especially here at Nebraska, mm-hmm. when you kind of felt, okay, this is coming. This is a for sure thing coming. And how can we be the best prepared for it we possibly can? It was honestly uh, at least a year in advance. Mm-hmm. We, we knew that we were working toward that moment last July. And so for a long period of time, even through the pandemic, um, we were preparing for what the future might look like. And then as we got closer and closer to July, it became apparent that it was absolutely going to happen. And so uh, there was a lot of work being done behind the scenes by a lot of people uh, to make sure we were prepared for that day. So you're working on educating the athletes. How about the coaches? I mean, obviously, they need to kind of wrap their mind around this as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, so we, we, well, as an executive staff, we meet with the head coaches on a regular basis. And so that's been an ongoing topic with the coaches collectively and then there's been a lot of individual meetings uh, that we've had to have uh, with our coaches um, as things have evolved and opportunities have presented themselves and as collectives have become more of a thing um, we've had to make sure that we're, we're meeting and talking and so some of it happens through meetings but some of it is also just literally day by day passing people in the hallway stopping talking setting up a time to have a meeting and making sure that we communicate I guess, can you describe what a collective is? Because I've had a lot of those questions, too. Maybe dive into that sure. a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's essentially a booster group, to be honest with you. Okay. It's, a, it's a group of uh, dedicated supporters who have um, pooled their financial resources to help create opportunities uh, for the student-athletes. So um, we have one, I would say, very established one here in Lincoln right now. There's another one that just started recently that got their paperwork done with the state of Nebraska uh, about a month ago. And there's a third one that's, that's working to, to establish itself. 
If money exchanges hands from a collective to a student athlete, does there have to be a service performed? Does there have to be a photo shoot, an appearance, uh, being being in an ad or something? Does there have to be an exchange yeah, yes. there? Yes, and so um, essentially NIL opportunities are employment, they're jobs. And so we've had rules in place for years, guys, that have required an athlete to earn the money. It's, it's not a no-show mm -hmm. job, yeah. it's not a, you know, just stop by and grab some money. It's it's work. And so we're defining what that market is in real time right now. So you'll see a lot of deals around the country. Like, how could somebody possibly be making that kind of money? Well, there's not really an established market. We're establishing it in real time. So it's it's job. And they they do have to, there has to be a some sort of service provided by the student athlete okay. to, to earn them the money. So when, you know, this all became legal a year ago and, mm -hmm. you know, it was just kind of some places were ready, some weren't, and we, there was no kind of regulations, I guess, in place. Did you, would you have ever fathomed that it would have taken off and been to where it is, where it is today? I don't know that I would have thought it got, it would get this crazy this fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do think we had a, an idea that it was going to creep into the recruiting space. And yeah. it has, and that's mm -hmm. really, I think, what led to some some decisions yesterday by the NCAA to, to inform us a little bit more. But um, I would say it's it's grown exponentially and, and a lot faster than I expected it to, um, for sure. So now do you think they're trying to pull it back then and regulate it a little bit more? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I, the thing is that the guidance we got yesterday from the NCAA is nothing new. Nothing mm -hmm. they put out is a new rule or a new decision. Uh, it's a re-emphasis of what the rules have always been. Um, and I think when this all happened last summer, it, it was so new and different that people didn't really know how to, where to place it in, in, in the landscape of what we do in college athletics. And so this was a reminder that at the end of the day, we have rules about what your boosters can do, we have rules about employment. These are the rules, guys. Yeah. Pay attention because we're going to probably start enforcing this a little bit more now. Because student athletes could have jobs, part-time jobs, when before. Yes. I guess now it's just more so they can capitalize on autographs, like you were saying. I guess it's sometimes it's hard to fathom that, that okay, well, they could work before, but now it's it's the same thing they're they're just yes. working you still have to go through all the same rules yes and it's but it's 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 such a different type of work yes that i yeah. think people misplaced what it really is if you're getting paid to autograph something or if you're getting paid to tweet something about a business right that's not like going and working at a restaurant right. and being a mm -hmm. you know serving food yeah. on the weekends or yep. or being a short order cook or something like that yeah it, it's just a different type of employment I'm, I'm old guys used to go work on the farm and <laughs> bale hay in yeah. the summer. And that's how they did their workouts. Jamie Vaughn is with us. He's the head of compliance at Nebraska. We're going to talk NIL for this hour. If you want to fire off a text to us, we can certainly relay that to Jamie at 402-413-2400. We're also up on our YouTube stream. In fact, Crypto King on our YouTube stream, Jamie, wonders, wonders about NIL taxes. Do the athletes have to file taxes on all their deals or is, there, or is this a tax-free entity? It's it's just like every other job. It's like an employment. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a W-2. Yep. You're going to do the same thing, the same limits. 
They have, some of them get 1099 forms, but they're they're going. All of the student athletes are going to be responsible for taking care of their taxes, just like they would if they worked at any other type of job. And I'm sure that was part of the education you had to give the athletes. It's, it's been part of the education. Um, we're going to need to continue to to do that and educate. And I think. You know, we're just a month past the tax deadline, so we don't know if any of our athletes have any issues <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> you know, but I think as as this continues, we'll 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 sort through that. But we we have done education on that and reminded them. But yeah, it's just like any other job. So I'm just my dad claimed me till he couldn't. You know, so yep. what? That's like 25, I think. Yeah, 24, 25. So are you having to, like, talk with parents, too, about how to navigate this as well? We, we haven't talked with the parents as much. Uh -huh. um, a lot of the community, most of the communication has been with the, the athletes and the coaches yeah. directly. Um, we have answered questions at times. We've gotten uh, a lot of emails um, from parents or, or phone calls from parents uh, to ask questions, um, both domestically and internationally. So, but if, like, okay, for example, if they don't take care of what they're supposed to take care of, and mm -hmm. then a business, that's could affect them, and then maybe they don't want to work with you again, right? If Absolutely. That's, yeah. I, I think our student athletes are going to learn a lot of life lessons here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, because this isn't just, you know, this is an investment. Uh, th these businesses, while they support Husker Athletics, I mean, it's their business. It's their livelihood. And so they want a return on the investment as well. So... I think a lot of life lessons will be learned, and if you make a poor decision or tarnish your own reputation, maybe a business decides not to, to work with you anymore. I think you've hit on something that really may change in the coming years is that return on investment part yes. of it. Right now it's all fun and good things, good times happen, but when you have somebody to endorse your product and something goes bad, that business could go, okay, I've learned my lesson, I don't want to do that again. I think this will continue to evolve as we go, don't you, in the next I, three to five I, years? I do, and, and one thing that we've talked about in our exec staff meetings is the importance of trying to be competitive in this space right now, but also not be too far out front. Like, let's, yeah, you have to be a little bit cautious and make sure you understand how this is evolving. And uh, I, I do expect that some people that have invested will choose not to in the future. Probably, we need to take a break. Great to have say, Jamie, uh, Jamie with us. We're uh, going to keep rolling. Absolutely. We've got so much more to get into. This is our show about name, image, likeness, NIL. If you've got some thoughts, you want to fire off text, you can do that on our Woodhouse Auto Family hotline. It is brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Shop Woodhouse first. 18 brands, 16 convenient locations. Simplify car buying to save you time. Shop finance. Buy online at woodhouse.com. A lot more with Jamie coming up next. Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, it is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres solutions for every field. Greg Sharp, Jessica Cootie with you on a Tuesday night, a special edition here tonight of Sports Online. We're talking name, image, likeness, and none better to do that than the head of compliance here in Nebraska, Jamie Vaughn. Jamie, Doug in Norfolk has a question. I understand that Lexi's son in volleyball started her own clothing line. So in her case, she probably would have to file a business tax, correct? Yeah, I'm not a tax expert, but I, <laughs> I, 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 it's just like any other business. So it's an opportunity for her to profit off of her own name and image, but it's just like anyone else who establishes a similar business. She would have to do all of the same paperwork and file taxes the same way as 
if any of us started our own clothing line or LLC or, or LLC, yeah. yeah so however it was established and incorporated she would have to follow the same tax guidelines I know you're um, obviously you talked to a lot of different compliance people and are connected with this where does um, Nebraska stack up as far as women's athletes capitalizing on NIL deals I think I think we do well mm -hmm. I think we do well across the board um, we we haven't been publishing a lot of numbers but uh, we have at least one athlete in every sport that's had an NIL opportunity mm -hmm. so to have 24 sports and have someone from every sport have an opportunity has been good and so it, that means every women's program has done well um, I women's volleyball and women's basketball have done very well and and so I, I say we stack up great yeah well because the, there was a graphic in during the final four that said I think Nebraska was six of the ten top NIL earners but yeah. uh, we get a lot of questions just about how it compares women's sports to you know football or whatever may, uh, men's basketball but like you said volleyball has got to compare with some of the best earners across the country um, yeah I, I, football men's and women's basketball and volleyball are the top four in mm -hmm. our department in terms of the opportunities that the athletes have had. Um, and um, I think that's pretty typical in football and basketball. I think volleyball in Nebraska is different <laughs> Just than a different anywhere yeah. else I've ever yeah. been. So. Yeah. Sandy in our chat room wants to know, can the coaches profit off of NIL? Well, we have regent guidelines about profiting. That's a whole different, yeah. you know, that's, that's a whole different issue um, this this topic that we're discussing today is strictly student athlete yeah if a coach has an opportunity to profit that would have to fit within our region policies um, but can I get an NIL deal you might be you probably <laughs> would be able to get one uh, I just you just got to follow whatever the guidelines and rules the guidelines are, are yeah yep. James in Omaha with a text question what issues if any have come up with NIL deals if students transfer to another school has that happened has that come up we haven't dealt with much of that honestly um, we haven't had any conflicts or issues that have been brought forward to us in the transfer space so far but again we're only 10 months in right True. and so we're you know, by the time this came into place last July, we're not even through the first academic year. So uh, who knows what we're going to see this summer, but um, not yet. So we've done a lot of interviews with Open Doors, and I know they're a big partner mm -hmm. for Nebraska, but yep. for you, I mean, and you got a deal coming in, and how do you know that everything's good to go and legal and all of that? Like, how do you, ha how do you monitor that? Well, some of it is we're leaving it up to the student athletes to be honest right. to some extent but uh, the open doors platform that we use that a lot of schools around the country are using um, gives the the athlete an opportunity to upload the details of the arrangement and then proof proof that they're doing the work so if there's a contract we see the contract um, if they um, went out and did a speaking engagement they might upload a photo of them standing up in front of the crowd if they send out a tweet they'll they'll copy the tweet yeah they'll yeah. copy it and, and upload it so we're asking them to provide proof so that quid pro quo is is met uh, for the NCAA requirements so the open doors platform allows all of our athletes in one location to upload all of that so we have one place to see it all 
So with the news that came out yesterday saying that you could be retroactive, so you can investigate uh, NIL deals, athletes, mm -hmm. if they've, hey, you gotta provide <clears throat> proof of, okay, here's the money, but what did you do for this money? And were phone calls, all of that. So that's legal now, or I guess it was legal before. That's where I was confused about the news that came out yesterday is that, okay, we can go back and look into if something seems fishy. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA can do that about anything yeah. all the time. Yeah. If they read a headline or read a story, they can go back or ask a school to go back and look into something or they can contact you and say, are you aware of this? And so we go, we go through that all the time uh, where we get inquiries from either the NCAA or the, the Big Ten might reach out. And sometimes our colleagues at other schools say, hey, we're hearing this, just wanted to let you know. And so we look into stuff all the time and uh, that's all that is. That's just mm -hmm. a reminder that we have an enforcement staff, and if we see or hear something, we we might go back and ask you to look into some things. How many ghost stories have you heard? And I, I mean that in the fact that these coaches go out, and they're recruiting, mm -hmm. and they're probably hearing stories from, oh, this athlete says he's getting this deal done there. Do you have to chase that down? How, I mean, how much conversation have you had with coaches on those types of things? Had some. Uh, not a lot. I mean, you, you hear some of that in the media. Uh, we've had coaches that have, have heard things that are going on around the country or things about certain prospects and what their worth or their value mm -hmm. is out there. And I, I think that's really what's become troublesome, I think, for most people is, is how this has really crept into the recruiting space. It was meant to be an opportunity for current athletes to make money off of their image finally. But it's, 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 we work in a, a very competitive environment. And so it's become a way to try to get an edge in recruiting. Pay to play. Which, and, and that's, that's the issue. And that's why we got the guidance we got yesterday because there's a lot of frustration, uh -huh. I think, in the coaching space. And then I think a lot of administrators too are concerned about how things are going. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say, but the, um I had a question that was writing one down that I wouldn't forget, but what's it been like working with uh, Trev Alberts through all of this? Because he seems to be really up and in the knowledge and, and all of that. He's great. Uh, he, he spends a lot of time on it too. I know he's a very busy man, but he takes time to check in on us and see how it's going. We've had a lot of conversation and exec staff. I've had a lot of one-on-one -on -one with him and we've been out in the community. I mean, we've, we've met with booster groups mm -hmm. and groups of people that have an interest and want to understand this better. And so uh, we've, we've been doing everything we can to be competitive in the space without crossing the line. And part of that is also getting out and talking to our donors who don't understand what this is. What, right. what does this mean? And so um, we've had to be careful with that. I mean, we have some guidelines about how involved we can be, but we're also responsible for their behavior. The rules say we're responsible for mm -hmm. them. So uh, it, it's in our best interest to get out and, and talk with them and make sure they understand what's happening. Need to slip a break in again. Jamie Vaughn, the head of compliance at Nebraska is with us. We're talking about name image likeness, NIL, which went into effect last July the 1st. So we're almost to the first year through that. It is something that is continuing to kind of evolve and change on a daily basis. So we'll talk more with Jamie coming up. Time to tell you to buckle up, put the phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. More of the show coming up. Our Sports Highly Hotline is brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Shop Woodhouse First 18 brand, 16 convenient locations. Simplified car buying to save you time. Shop finance by online at Woodhouse. 
Realtorpromise.com. 402-413-2400, the number if you want to fire off a text. We do have Jamie Vaughn, the head of compliance here with us tonight on Sports Sunday. Greg Sharp along with Jessica Cootie. We're running out of time and I got so many questions. I know. (laughs) I I, I do want to reminisce real quick with Jamie. You work inside the PAPIC compliance office named after legendary Al Papik, who passed away this past weekend at 95. I did not ever have a chance to meet Mr. Papik. I know that you did. He was one of the kindest, soft-spoken gentlemen I've ever met. Um, Very pleasant, always smiling. Um, Just a very intelligent, uh, all the way up to the end, every conversation I had with him, just a very sharp, intelligent guy. And I'm well-loved in this department. Everyone I've ever talked to loved Al. So sad for him and his family uh, that this happened, but I think a life well-lived. And he definitely, you know, I've read up on him more recently uh, with with the news and what an accomplished person. Oh, huge legacy for Nebraska yeah. athlete. He was 95. You are only the third compli- head of compliance at Nebraska. Since right? 1986. Wow. Which is wow. amazing. That's there's a pretty high burnout rate in this profession, yeah. just so you guys know. And <laughs> so imagine. for Al, Gary Bargan, and myself to be the only three since 86 is pretty remarkable. What made yeah. you want to get into compliance? You know, I wanted to work in college athletics. Uh-huh. I, I actually was a graduate assistant women's basketball coach at Wayne State wow. in northeast Nebraska. And we were starting a family. And that coaching lifestyle of being gone and traveling, mm-hmm. recruiting, scouting, because you could scout in Division Two, it just was a lot. And so I tried to find a balance, and I, I didn't think I would be in compliance this long, but uh, it's been over 20 years now. Yeah, compliance has been you know something that's been a part of athletics for a long time, and while this conversation has been dominated by NIL, you still guys, you guys still have a ton of other duties that you have to manage. How do you do that, and with all this NIL stuff? It's it's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, two of us have been focusing on it because we do have so much work to do uh, in our office. Um, we manage every scholarship for every athlete. Um, we monitor the recruiting activity of every coach, um, all of their playing seasons, um, all of their team travel. And so there's a lot to monitor. And so we knew we were going to have to be focused. And and Jonathan Bateman on my staff has been something he's very passionate about. And uh, so he and I have been working together closely. And and all of the staff, I just shout out to my staff because they're Mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, They work hard. And it's not a... uh, it's a thankless job, uh, to say the least, but um, they work their tails off. And, um, you know, everyone's contributed to NIL. Uh, we meet weekly, but Jonathan and I are doing the day-to-day, but it's it's a group effort for sure. And then there's a lot of people across the department. Life Skills uh, has, has done a lot. Garrett Classy did a lot of work before I got involved. And so there's a lot of people that laid the groundwork. Uh, we partnered with the business school and Joe Petzik. So there's there's a lot of people, uh, Tom Lemke and, and Life Skills, that have been involved in this, and it's definitely been a group effort over the last year. I know you wanted to talk about foreign athletes because oh, that's yeah. certainly yeah. something that is different. Jazz Shelley's posting because she's back in Australia right now yes. and is able to capitalize on it because she cannot do it here. So I think maybe dive into that about how I mean it's a work visa or a student visa, so she can't can't really make money off of that, unlike most student athletes. Yeah, that's that's been a topic. Uh, there's a student athlete at another school that has been very visible in that space, mm-hmm. and so it's it's prompted a lot of questions. And so 
uh, jazz and a lot of our other international students have, have been in to ask questions and they, you know, as an international student, they have the ability to do NIL, but not while they're on U.S. soil because they're not citizens and they are, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, like you said, they're, they're here on a student visa, not a work visa. So um, it, it's hard for them because some of them uh, would be able to capitalize more if, if they could do it while they're here. But while they're back home, they can, they can engage in it. They can earn money while they're back home. It's a little more complicated if you have an American business trying to, right. you know, pay you while you're in Australia, for example, for jazz. So it, it's complex. It's complicated, um, and we're navigating it. And we're it's something that we've worked on a lot here, and uh, we're we're going to continue to see what what we can do. Would you said Jonathan Bateman's bit was kind of told her, hey you know, put out there that you're going to be there and, yep. you know, take advantage of it while you're out there. Cause you know, again, she, I would imagine these student athletes don't know what they can and cannot do. So they're relying on you guys to they're kind of help them navigate that. Yeah. They're relying on us and, and they've asked a lot of good questions mm -hmm. the last several months as they've had opportunities come their way. And so, um, Jonathan, yeah, he worked closely with jazz and they figured out a way after we consulted with a lot of people on campus, the last thing we want to do is have jazz getting, in trouble with right. the federal government uh, over NIL. So we've been very careful on how we guide her and others, and uh, it's worked out well. But oh, so she's posted on her Instagram and Twitter that she's selling T-shirts right now. So yes. if fans want to mm -hmm. buy a T-shirt and ship it over here, that you guys are trying to figure out if that's allowed for her to keep making money off of that while she comes back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another point of discussion that we're having right now. There's a big question across the, the entire country with international students about whether or not they can earn passive income. Mm -hmm. So for a, a t-shirt to be sold, jazz doesn't have to do anything. It's just, it's online, it's available. So that's one thing that we're exploring right now is whether or not earning passive income for something that is otherwise permissible is, is something that she can do. Especially if it's with a company from over there in Australia or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So on earlier in the week, Yesterday, the NCA Board of Directors issued guidance to schools regarding the intersection between recruiting activities and name, image, and likeness. I'm yep. sure you got this. Yes. I saw Trev Alberts kind of sent out an all-staff memo to people about make sure you're up on this. This doesn't really look like it's anything new. It's just kind of saying, remember, these are the rules, folks. Abide by them. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, there's nothing new in this document. <laughs> this could have this could have been published last summer, and probably was, but um, they, not not to this extent. They provided a little bit of guidance, um, and I think the explosion of NIL and the recruiting aspect of what we do is what led to this. Um, uh, we've talked off air that you know this was about creating opportunities for student athletes who are here to monetize, and uh, what it turned into is a, a bidding war in recruiting. And so, this guidance is just really telling us, hey, remember your your donors, your boosters can't actively recruit on behalf of the university, and they cannot have recruiting conversations with recruits, and they cannot promise them something to get them to come here. Those aren't new rules. Uh, I just think that uh, people didn't really understand contextually how to put mm -hmm. NIL in the day-to-day -day of what we do. And this kind of, I think, over time, 
everyone sorted through that. Now we've got this guidance, which is really just reminders about what the rules have always said. So is it one of those things where as soon as they sign their letter of intent or they have to be en enrolled, when can those collectives and those businesses start working with these? Well, that's athletes? the interesting. The interesting thing is, you know, just like the law, we have interpretations of rules mm -hmm. and we have interpretations that have been out there for decades that are still active. And so we have to monitor that. And there's an interpretation from more than 20 years ago that says that a booster can employ a prospect. Wow. That's been on the books for a long time. And so it's not about whether or not they can employ them. So this doesn't mean that the collectives cannot be involved, but they cannot actively recruit. So you cannot actively go out on behalf of a coach and say, hey, you need to come to Nebraska. But what they could say is, we know you're coming here. You've already committed. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working in this space. We see the value and we, we see what you might be able to, to earn here, and we may want to partner with you when you come. Wow. And boosters have been able to employ athletes, prospective athletes, wow. for a long time. Mm. It's, but it's a very fine line. And, and how do you defend that you didn't have a recruiting conversation or that you didn't, on behalf of a coaching staff member, prompt them to come here? And so it's, it's I guess what I'd call risky behavior. Uh -huh. mm. But it's, it's, there's a way to navigate it. And mm. what we're trying to do at Nebraska and what we try to do in every aspect of the compliance space is not put our coaches or other people in the department at a disadvantage. We don't want to be at a disadvantage, but we want to do things the right way. That's integrity is in the fabric of what we do at Nebraska. So, but you can get your toes up to the line and still have integrity. So. Need to slip our final break of the night in back with one more segment with Jamie. We are in our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, which is sponsored by Acres. Greg Sharp, Jessica Cootie with you here on a Tuesday night. We have spent this hour talking with Jamie Vaughn, the head of compliance here at Nebraska about NIL. Question from John in Omaha for you, Jamie. What could the repercussions be if the NCAA finds out that a school is in violation of NAIA rules? Are there any set of standards that we're all following? Uh, I, honestly, this is going to seem like a cop-out, but it's it's going to be case-specific. So it, it would depend on what the circumstances are. Um, but just as an example, if if they found that a booster was involved in recruiting, it's it could be it would be the same thing that it would be any other non-NIL booster recruiting scenario. Right, what, which we've what, dealt with for years. Yeah, what happened? How did it happen? Who was involved? And then you just get into the details and figure it out. So there's a wide range of potential penalties in that area. Good. Yeah. This has been fun. I've, I've yes. learned a lot in this hour. And do you, you're going to have a new batch of incoming students in over the summer? Or is the plan to then sit all the newbies down and go, all right, here's the deal. How, how, do, you, how do you view that going forward? We already have plans for May 22nd for the new football guys. Okay. We've already we've already talked about getting them onboarded and getting them their open doors accounts set up and walking them through that process. And then there's a uh, the life skills program has a a multi step education that they do with with all incoming students. So they'll fall into that, but there'll be gotcha. an initial onboarding meeting that we've already set up. Have the you had, have you had colleagues reach out and say, hey? 
trying to copy what you're doing a little bit, trying to find out what Nebraska's doing? There's yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of information sharing that happens all the time in our business, yeah. uh, and so people kind of want to know what we're doing. Uh, we do the same. We we'll, we see something that we think makes sense or would be helpful. We we'll call a colleague and and talk to him about it. So yeah, but we have gotten calls. Crypto King in our chat room. Jamie, thank you for all the great information about NAL. Oh, thank you. No too. problem. Fantastic. It's been, it's been fun. Is it going to slow down now a little bit? or? It's not going to slow down. <laughs> no, nothing's going to slow down. Absolutely not. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Appreciate you spending the hour. No, thank we'll get you, you out of here. You still go vote. <laughs> I, My place didn't have a little sticker. I, I, mail, like little I mailed stickers. mine in. I'm just you gonna, did? I'll be yeah. honest. I went and they didn't have little stickers. Yeah, I mailed I mine in. Today. So. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Jamie. You too. Take Jamie care. Jamie Vaughn from uh, Nebraska Compliance with